0: Hi, everybody. This is Chuck Sype Assistant Superintendent for Roxbury Schools, with some of my friends from Roxbury High School here to talk about a really interesting concept, in my opinion, which is how we are conducting academic, high-level research uh, in our schools. And when I say we, I don't mean the grown-ups, necessarily. I mean our students. Uh, we've developed programs at Roxbury High School that allow students the freedom to identify high-interest topics and conduct high-level academic research where they are gathering and analyzing data... Uh, to really draw conclusions and make recommendations on hot societal topics, topics that are passionately important to them. Uh, so we're going to invite you to hear a little bit more about that today. But before we get too far, I'm going to ask my guests to introduce themselves and tell us uh, what they do here in the high school.
1: Hello, I am Aristea Theodoropoulos. I am the AP research teacher. Um, and it is my goal to guide my students into... Basically, picking a topic that is very close to home for them, um, something they're very passionate about, something that they think will make a difference when they find results for it. Um, And throughout this process, we figure out how to best get the answer to their question.
2: Hi, I'm Katie, and I am one of Ms. T's research students.
3: Hi, I'm Yulia, and um, I'm one of also Ms. T's research students, and... um Hi, I'm Sabrina. I'm one of Ms. T's research students.
0: All right, so so our three students have worked with Ms. T to conduct some of this high-level research. So we're going to ask them some questions and invite them to share a little bit about their experience. So... The first thing we should get into is what is academic research and how is it fit into the framework of an academic program at a high school. So, Misty, why don't you start us off and talk a little bit about how the research these students are conducting is supported by our curriculum and in our schools. And then I'm going to invite them to share some of their experience with the introduction of academic research. And then we'll get down into a little bit more specifics of the projects.
1: So they've had prior classes on how to write basic research papers. Um, usually they're picking something they're interested in, whether they're playing devil's advocate for a thesis or or not, something that they're just for. Um, but this is a little different because they have to really think about a problem that's affecting the community um, or you know, the greater good. Um, it's not just a topic of interest. It's not something that's been controversial or highly debated as usual. Um, It's something that they have to really sit down and think about. If I find these answers, what good is it going to do for the community of interest or for the field of practice? Um, So when they're getting into this, uh, normally they'll throw out a couple topics and they'll brainstorm the practicality of actually the the feasibility of actually conducting research to find answers for this. Um, But before that, they have to already find research surrounding that topic to make sure it has not been covered. Because the big thing about this particular research is there has to be a gap. So if there's not a gap in the research, then they have to keep looking for one. Um, So they'll go through anywhere from 20 to 50 sources to figure out if there is this gap in knowledge in a field that they're interested in before they tackle a certain problem.
0: All right. So girls, tell us about your experience with that. It sounds much more complex than the typical research project, which is why we're focusing on it here. So let's start there. Tell us about your um, so your topic selections, your experience of that, and the complexity and challenges you might have faced while trying to sift through those sources to determine that gap.
2: Honestly, it was very hard at first because we had to do what was called an annotated, annotated bibliography once we found our actual topic. Mine was specifically on obesity and discrimination the organ shortage and organ donor field but just going through all these topics and then having to answer I think it was like 10 questions for 20 different sources was just honestly really hard I'd never had to do that in another class before really think about what these sources mean and who these authors are and how that actually relates to the information
4: yeah definitely I think The idea of academic research is nothing new to the average student. We've done it before throughout many different years and grades. Um, But the interesting thing is when you have academic research in other classes, it's typically about something you're learning. It's pretty straightforward. You don't really have much creativity outlet of what inspires you. What is something you're interested in? Um, But here in AP Research, we have that opportunity. It was really tough in the beginning because there's every student always has something they're interested in there's so many ideas but finding one that hasn't been researched can be tough Mm -hmm. um and i thought during this process about what problems were affecting my school community what was affecting me what was something prevalent that maybe hasn't been explored and for me i thought about um ends products which are electronic nicotine delivery systems such as vapes e-cigarettes And I thought about this as in many districts and you see on the news that this has been used by a lot of teenagers, but this has been researched already. So when I started my process, I thought about the usage of the products and then I tried narrowing down. So how is this affecting high school communities? And I broke it up based on public and private high schools. And I thought more about into the actual accessibility of the products, which hadn't been explored Um, When comparing public and private schools, and I thought from different factors and standpoints, you know, socioeconomics, geographic and marketing. So that really led me to my question. And, you know, using that idea, um, I started doing some research online, like Katie said, through the annotated bibliography. And throughout that process, over 20 sources going through, trying to find what did they not find? What can I do to find this? And that leads me kind of more to my methodology,
3: Uh, The process is very long. And I think personally, for me, I try to focus on a topic that's not currently like in our school, but something that I could focus on, like outside of my life. So for me, um, my in the beginning of the year, I was interested in researching something in like a medical topic since I'm going into a medical field. And um, in the beginning of the year, my grandpa was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. So I was trying to figure out um what kind of treatments there are for parkinson's disease so i scavenged through very like numerous sources trying to figure out a specific topic um and some type of like treatment that's not really being explored or really overlooked in like the medical field and i stumbled upon nat- like natural supplements which are like normal f- normal foods that um many might have heard of like sae extract um which is basically in like sae bowls which teenagers are obsessed with and um I tried doing. I tried looking through sources to see um, how natural supplements have been have been like used in this type of field, and I realized that the two supplements that I wanted to focus on, called um, S A extract and ginkgo biloba, were not seen to be used together in any studies. I've looked through everything on Google Scholar that I could use using like key terms. So like once I figured out my research question, I um, tried to put in like sources. I try to look for sources that like. I could find from the key terms of my question. So I put in Parkinson's disease, natural supplements. Um, I put um, like e- extracts and like how they like can like um, stop like the degeneration of the pathway, which is what happens in Parkinson's disease. And um, it led me to the to the question of that the combination of ginkgo biloba and SAE extract can be seen to um, improve cognition in those of Parkinson's disease, which is how it came to my topic. I try to look to something like personal that I could really relate to, and um, this question was just it was it was like a branch, and it let me it led me to like explore a, a field that I was interested in. It helped me set like a pathway to college, because academic research is something I will have to do in the medical field, and I think this class was very essential to figure out how to do medical research.
0: So. I'm jotting down notes here as we go, because there's lots of things I want to come back to, which means this has the potential to be three hours long. So I'll try not to make that happen. Um, you used a couple words during that introduction that I just want to make sure anyone who's listening understands what it means. So I'm going to throw them out there and feel free to jump in and anybody try and explain. So Miss T mentioned the need to develop a thesis statement, which connects to the greater good, which is kind of your problem during, um, I think Sabrina mentioned her methodology, so I want us to describe what that is in, when it is a part of your research. And then everybody, I think, talked about sources, and so I'd like us to try and dive into a, a quick explanation of the types of sources you mean, right? So when I was a student, now I'm going to date myself, our sources were generally like World Book and Encyclopedia Botanica, Um, Too frequently, we start to rely on sources currently like Wikipedia, just typical online searches, things like that. But the research you're doing is far beyond a typical kind of cursory online resource. So you're searching for peer-reviewed articles, things like that, journals, research studies. So let's try and talk about those three things, just so anyone who's listening really has a firm grip on what you're doing. I think your introductions have really really identified how what you're doing in this class with T far exceeds typical high school expectations you've already established that so now let's really get deep into what you're doing so we everyone can understand that so thesis methodology and sources let's dive into that a little bit
2: um so for the sources most of mine and julia's as well were mostly from medical journals but it honestly was kind of difficult because there is a paywall up against science and medical information. So it was really hard to find studies that both helped you but were also accessible to you.
3: Okay. Um, the sources that I was looking for didn't really exist since this combination um, couldn't be found anywhere. So I focused on sources that like go from one only based on one supplement, the other based on another. And I also reached out to doctors and professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, from New, New Jersey and New York City to talk about current, like, research that hasn't been investigated and what kind of uh, supplements are they looking into to see if maybe this has been researched before. So I ran interviews to see um, if they can give out, like, a source or a colleague that might have more information than the ones available online. And I think narrowing down the research was very important because there were some sources that I could find that were be- were helpful to my research. But they weren't accredited. Um, like some were just blogs and research articles. The actual published studies were mostly focusing on like exploring what these type of supplements are, rather than their effectiveness. It was really hard to see um, which ones are proven to be effective in like humans, because most of the studies have been done on animals, not humans.
4: Okay, so sources, they are tough. So. Thinking about information literacy and how students absorb and understand research and information, thinking back to prior years and classes, sources usually consist of statements made online by large organizations. The New York Times, you can think Wikipedia. Usually when you're researching in other classes besides AP Research, the topics are very narrow. I mean, there's not much wiggle room. There's no gap. It's very straightforward. You can plug it into a search engine like Google and get a straightforward answer. But in AP Research, we have to do digging. We have to look on journals, Google Scholar. We have to look through college articles, studies that have already been done, find what they did, and find what they didn't do and where to explore. So we had to look at many sources from university schools, from New York Times, and even for my study, I had to reach out to some professors at universities to get their opinion on their work what did they miss what were they trying to find why did they want to do this and I had to ask myself why did they want to do that and how does this contribute to me in other classes you don't get that experience as it's just a straightforward answer but here we're doing broader thinking and digging to find our sources and to find how it actually contributes to our thesis our greater problem that we are trying to find answers to
2: As Sabrina mentioned, uh, we do have to find a gap in our question. And that honestly is one of the hardest parts because you're going through all of this research and you're just trying to see what they haven't done. And once you find what they haven't done, now it's your job to find it. And in most other classes, you're not having to do that. All the information is put right in front of you so you can write your paper.
1: While here, you actually have to actively think and do your own thing. And I found a lot of my students thought they had a gap and then realized it had already been extensively researched, which is always surprising and sad um, because then they have to kind of go back to the drawing board. Um, But that's why the annotated bibliography is so important, even though it is probably the most challenging part of the course through the twenty, thirty studies that they go through that are probably 50 pages long each, um, there are limitations to these studies. And that's usually where I say focus. Focus on the limitations and focus on what they have not been able to do. And you could find pieces and pick up from there.
0: So as I'm sitting here listening to you, it's always exciting for me to hear from students about their experience in our schools. And I feel like not necessarily just here in Roxbury. I think one of the um, ways education as an industry and as a business could grow uh, exponentially, almost instantaneously, is by actually asking students more specifically about their experience and what they're looking for, what, what they want, and how schools can support their personal goals as they transition into their future. And I'm not quite sure we as educators do that enough because we think we know the answers, and I think we know a lot of them, but I think our students have a lot of the answers. And what I'm kind of hearing here now, which is entertaining for me in a way, is over my academic career, which has spanned multiple degrees, multiple universities, I have done a ton of research, I've done a ton of work, but I got to be honest, the, the first thing that comes to my brain that compares to the work you're all doing was really my doctoral program, yes. Like, yes. and you're doing this work in high school. Like, I didn't create an annotated bibliography i did not contact through networks professionals in research fields. like i didn't do any of that until an advanced degree and you're doing that in high school so one of the questions i have cuz it's mentioned been mentioned a couple of times is really for ms t is as students you've talked about how this compares very differently from typical learning experiences which are generally driven by a curriculum you're given a lot of specifics you're given some resources and some information to use so I'm really curious here first from Misty, then to hear from our students about the teacher support because recognizing the depth that you're going as students without really having a prior experience to rely on, I have to imagine the teacher is instrumental in what that looks like and probably has a big impact on how you get there. Um, so I want us to talk about that. So start, Misty, tell us about your role in all of this because I have to imagine it's extensive. Um, and then I want to hear from the students about how they navigate that because I, I got to imagine there's some limitations to what she can do for you as the teacher without overstepping her boundaries and giving you the academic freedom to explore what you're really interested in.
1: Yeah, well, that's, you said it, that's probably the toughest part for me. Um, knowing what my boundaries are because I teach other subjects where I can dive in and just really help them fix things up. But here I have to be more hands off. Um, one of the biggest pressing points that I keep going back to with them is alignment. Um, whatever their question is, once we finally form it, they have to make sure that they're choosing methods that can truly answer that question. Um, and that's not always easy. I mean, you guys saw about 12 different methods you could choose from and and statistical tests that they had not even yet been introduced to. Um, Because of my experience with experimental psychology and statistics, I was able to help them learn about what T-tests are, correlations, quasi-experiments, and all that stuff. But I have to say, you know, it was teaching them that that kind of helped them to further develop their question, because without understanding how to analyze the data, I don't really think they understood where to go with it yet. Um, So I realized that there's adjustments that I have to make, too, which... Honestly, next year, I'm thinking about starting to teach the methods before I even get into the annotated bibliography um, because they don't realize what they have at their fingertips, how they could find these answers and how some of their methods may not be feasible for the question or vice versa. Um, But it is it's tough because there is a certain amount of feedback that you cannot give in this role. Um, and I have to try to just inspire them to question themselves constantly, keep questioning. Is this really what you meant to say? Is this really one, how you want to go about this? Is this really how you're measuring this data? What is your operational definition for this? You know, Are your independent, independent variable really aligned to your question that you're asking? So for my part, it's very Socratic, a bunch of questions, questions, questions. Um, and then uh, honestly, they teach me more than I think I could teach them in this course because I am... Definitely impressed with the amount of effort that goes into making sure that their question is still, what's the word I want to use? Um, Their question is still important to them. A lot of the times in the research process, it gets a little mundane and a little stressful. And I've seen students lose sight into the passion that they started with when creating the question. Um, and with the feedback that I give them, I want them to make sure that they're still just as passionate. And, and to be honest, they have shown me through the process that they continue to elicit their own spark, which is inspiring to me.
4: Yeah, Miss T's role is definitely such a foundation to our success in the class. She does have to be very hands off, but part of the class is having lessons based on how to actually conduct methodology. For me, this was something I've never done before. I've never even heard of what a T-test or correlation is. How am I supposed to do this? A student in high school is supposed to figure this out. She would give us a lesson plan and we would have to look at it and think, okay, this is our problem. This is our question. How do I want to conduct my research? And without her lessons, that would be impossible to do. And it's a hard process too. So you have to do these for the first time. And... The interesting about this process is that everybody in the class is in the same boat as you. Nobody's really done this before. So it develops a sense of family in the class. We all have to help each other through these Socratic seminars where we ask each other's questions and we read each other's paper and the math and the questions involved and say, did you really mean that? You know, and part of this is giving criticism. Mm. It is, at first, we have to, Miss T gives us a little pep talk saying, don't be mean to your neighbor, but we, we are family here, and we want each other to all succeed. And that involves quite a bit of corrective criticism. And that's what really made our papers great, because we have feedback from other students who are being brutally honest, and it really helps us. And if we have questions, we can ask one another, and some of which Miss T can't answer.
2: Um, I thought... Honestly, the most helpful thing Miss T did for me was during my method section because I was really crashing and burning there because my method turned out to not be feasible. So we had to completely switch it to something I'd never heard of, which is a meta-analysis. And honestly, that just involved even more sources (laughs) than what was in my literature review. It was very overwhelming, but she did help guide me back and show me... How I'm supposed to do it without overstepping her boundaries?
3: My method was slightly different than my classmates. I ran um, a full-on experiment, then um, correlations and t tests. And he was really helpful in um, f- showing me how to run a proper experiment and how to like define the variables, how to acquire like a specific consent that I had to to administer supplements, to um, get permission from the patient to actually like participate in the study, and. Um, She was really helpful in, like, defining the variables and definitions and um, how to actually perform the study. So for me, I had to make sure there was no participant bias. And this helped um, in investigating, like, what kind of methods there are to test cognition, which is the variable I was testing. And um, overall, she was a great support to my research. Um,
4: Another important thing during this methodology process is that in order to conduct any methodology of any kind, um, we had to be approved by the Institutional Review Board, the IRB, to make sure that our studies and our conduction of the studies were ethical and would not harm the participants in any way and ensure confidentiality. So the study would remain unbiased and the participants would stay protected through the study. So this really kind of made it official and... um, really solidified our methodology, ideas, and our actual conduction of them.
0: So I just want to um, jump in real fast there. Sabrina mentions our district IRB. And so while it's not a requirement in this program, our district uh, thought it was prudent to form an IRB and use that uh, tool to evaluate our student research prior to conducting research to ensure as Sabrina mentioned, that nobody were to get harmed in the conducting of research on the collecting and analyzing of data, you know, its ethical concerns, things like that. Um, But one of the things that I'm really proud of here in our district is that Dr. Zegar helped to form that from the very beginning. He helped conduct the training and support teachers with getting the training to serve on that IRB, which I'm also a part of, um, because what it really does is two things for us. The one is really important from just an ethical standpoint, which is to ensure that our students are conducting research that doesn't harm anybody, right? Like from the ground level, that's super important. But more importantly, the fact that these student research projects have been vetted by by an approved IRB committee uh, allows them to publish their research uh, in academically uh, approved journals, which I think provides a really great opportunity should they choose to pursue that. Um, so as we move to our close, there's two, two things I really want to get into. First, I just want to ask our students, so... About a year ago, you selected this course. Um, probably hearing a little bit about it. Some scary, some fun. Uh, the scariness was probably about the the depth and breadth of the work that needed to get done. But here you are on the other end, probably about to prepare for presenting your findings. Uh, you're concluding the AP process here. Either you recently have or you're about to. Uh, you're already done. All right, cool. So looking back on it, I, I'm assuming you're all sitting there with smiles. So I'm assuming, <laughs> although... It was a challenging piece of your academic career. Um, Are you happy you embarked on this project? What advice would you give to students who are considering being a part of it? And I guess more importantly than that, because both of those perspectives are equally valuable, although too frequently we place higher value on the positive stuff, right? If critical feedback matters. Mm -hmm. um, I'm more interested in how do you now see this experience supporting you as you move forward after graduation, right? You're preparing to leave Roxbury High School, how has this experience helped you? And maybe it's helped you realize I don't want to do that thing anymore. That's important. That's that's valuable. So, how has this helped you? And what advice would you give to a student who's considering this program? Well,
1: Yuli is the only senior. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So,
3: um, I think this class has really, really prepa- has really prepared me for college, which I'm leaving for in a month. So, um, this I think uh, actually pursuing the research that I wanted to do in this medical field. Help me understand like the role of medicine in everyone's lives, and I'm going into a pre med track, so I think this will be like really beneficial for me to conduct my own research throughout my years there. And um, also, I feel like this my research specifically was very beneficial to like my grandfather, who is my subject in this ex- experiment, and um, his uh, uh, other people that he knows who, who have suffered from Parkinson's disease. He actually got my topic out there. He doesn't live in the U.S he lives in a different country. So the treatment options there aren't very like, there's not a lot of them. And I think he he felt really, um, like he, he felt better using the supplement combo. And because my research uh, showed significant results, he actually extended it to his doctor and um, other patients that he knows who suffer with Parkinson's disease. And they are currently actually trying to use the supplements on their own. Hmm.
0: So, I mean, that couldn't be a better example of what Ms. T said in the beginning, which is finding a topic that has the potential to have an impact on the greater good. All right, so Sabrina, Katie, tell me your thoughts. So you're moving into your senior year. My apologies, I thought you were all seniors. <laughs> I could. I can't even imagine having done this as a junior in high school, I st- senior also. But so you're moving forward into your senior year. How does this help you frame out your future goals? Uh,
2: well, like Yulia, I also want to go down the medical track. And honestly, this further intensified my interest in obesity just in general I've always wanted to be a bariatric surgeon and this just proved that this really is what I want to do but I also have advice for all the kids who maybe took AP SEM because you have to take that before AP research that you shouldn't do this if you think it's like AP SEM Mm -hmm. and just because you were good at AP SEM does not mean you're going to be good at this you actually have to Think a little bit more and you're not your hand isn't being held by the sources you use. You actually have to think. I definitely agree with Katie. And the funny thing is we all want to go into pre-med. I do, too. (laughs) Um,
4: But definitely I agree with Katie. This class is not like AP seminar. However, if you have an interest in research, if you like reading, I'm a bit of um, a research nerd myself. I love reading it. I love finding answers. I love facts. Um, This was for me. I love this course. I loved finding answers. I loved writing it and I loved reading it. This is something that I'm very passionate about and picking my own problem researching was very cool. And I recommend any student who is willing to put in the effort and work, who wants to find answers, who wants to contribute to our research society today, this is the way to go. And this is your introduction to college level writing and research and going into a pre-med path, I'm going to have a lot of research ahead of me. And through this process made me definitely consider wanting to do more, even get a job in college doing part-time research. I love the process and I think Miss T is a great teacher and your classmates are always there to support you and develop a community and a sense of family. So you will not be alone throughout this process. So if any student thinks they can't do it, my advice is yes, you can. As long as you put that work in and you contribute and you always try your best, you will succeed and you will do amazing.
3: I also think that this course was very beneficial in making connections, especially for um, speaking from one who's uh, going to college soon. This course helped me reach reach out to colleagues in New York and doctors who I still have connections with to this day. So possibly in college while I'm there, I could reach back out to them and um, maybe for my own research another another time. And this course really sets the foundation for that.
0: So just in closing, I you kind of stole one of my closing points there. Well, not stole, but Yulia totally led me into it is what I'm hearing, which is incredible to me, is as high school students, you've begun to develop a professional network. Um, you, I mean, I just heard Yulia refer to doctors in New York City as colleagues, which is so incredible to me uh, <laughs> that students are given the opportunities and and personally pursue them, right? Having the opportunity is one thing, and so I commend Ms. T, high school administration, and the district for providing an opportunity for students to be a part of a program like this. But Ultimately, providing it is one thing, but the students really need to be the ones that take the ball, so to speak, and run with it. And it really sounds like you three students have done that, which is so awesome for me. But the the thing that is heartwar- the most heartwarming for me is hearing you refer to like research families, You know, in your class. um, Sabrina talked about the reliance on one another. Katie talked about students being there to help one another and support one another, uh, even though sometimes it's critical feedback and criticism. And I got to be honest, I feel like that's a really important life skill, not only being able to give that sort of feedback, but also to receive it and do something productive with it. Um, Hearing, you know, critical feedback is never easy for anyone, but how do you learn how to give it and use it is by being a part of that conversation when it matters. And so I I just, I'm really proud of the experience that you girls have had with Miss T. I know that the class is exciting. Uh, I'm smiling as I'm listening to you because as a part of the IRB, I read all of these research projects back in the beginning of the year. And now connecting your faces to those projects Mm -hmm. is really exciting for me to hear the passion. And just kind of the moral of the story for me is, as educational institutions, I feel like we need to do a better job of pursuing opportunities on behalf of students, Set students free to explore areas of their learning that they're passionate about, that they are committed to, and they're going to do really awesome things. And I feel like this is just a a great example of that. We have three students who are so articulate and so impressive. I mean, you've made my day just getting to listen to you talk so passionately about the work you're doing. Really, really hard work, right? Um, Things that you're passionate about that connect to your future lives. I couldn't be more pleased to hear how successfully you've been in your experiences and certainly don't want to diminish those successes. I think I've said it before on this podcast in a different episode, and it's certainly not my quote, but I heard it somewhere and I borrowed it. Um, You know, be careful not to celebrate the success, really celebrate and acknowledge the failures and the struggles that helped you achieve that success. And it sounds like there have been plenty. (laughs) Uh, And here you are successful on the other end, which is so awesome and heartwarming. So Miss T, last thoughts.
1: No, I, I can't be more proud of them, honestly. Um, and I, I talked about the, the feedback, the peer review, and I told them from the beginning, you know, we sink or we swim together. And I think that really at first they were very tentative um, and hesitant to tell each other what they thought. But then I saw them opening up and and even if it was brutal, they they really got to a place where they trusted each other. And um, we are a family. I do believe that. You know, there's there's 10 of us and we are a family and because we've gone through the mud together in this and I feel like all of those papers are also part of me because I I married them as much as they did, truly. Um, and I, I love these kids. So I, I do want to say thank you for being so articulate today. Um, and Mr. Seip, thank you, Dr. Seip, for for asking them really imperative, pinnacle questions that hopefully will guide, you know, our future students
0: All right. You four have been so impressive. Thank you so much for sharing. And I wish the three of you students so much luck as you move into your future and continue to soar, continue to impress, and more importantly, continue to be focused on your dreams and work hard to achieve them. Have a great day, everybody.